All-Star game approaching, it only makes sense to assemble an All-Star cast for Fangraphs Audio. Hello, I'm Karsten Stooley, Fangraphs contributor, and the Omar Infante of the pod. Luckily, we bring in some heavier guns. Dave Cameron, our full-time employee, Brian Smith, Prospect Maven, and Matt Clausen, our resident philosophizer. We begin this edition of the pod by looking at Cliff Lee trade rumors. When will Cliff Lee be traded, and to where? Minnesota Twins, Cincinnati Reds, Texas Rangers, etc., etc. Moving on, we allow Brian Smith to shape a discussion of the Futures game, which he and our own Dave Cameron will both be attending. Smith takes a look, in particular, at the underwhelming world offense and gives us some more insight into the impressive U.S. team. Finally, we look at the All-Star game and do a little bit of dreaming. In particular, I ask each of our panelists to devise their own dream scenarios for the All-Star game. Is it a batter-pitcher matchup, extra-inning game, or, as Dave Cameron wonders, is it Joey Votto coming out of the stands with a metal chair? All this crack analysis and more on this edition of Fangraphs Audio. It is Fangraphs Audio. It is uh, coming at you live. Well, not really live. Uh, whatever, we're recording live right now, though. Uh, I'm looking around the uh, incredibly virtual and equally round table at the uh, at this very moment, and the faces I'm seeing are, uh, well, uh, some faces that are familiar to this uh, podcast. The first of them is our full-time employee, my sworn enemy, number one, Dave Cameron. Dave, how are you doing? I'm good, Carson. How are you? Good. And you are gearing up to go uh, westward, is that right, to the All-Star game? Yeah, and uh, I guess when people hear this, I'll probably already be in L.A. So no, 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 uh, no. Yeah, this fine. is the uh, this is the new Carson Sestouli who uh, who edits the podcast and posts it. Uh, you know, maybe uh, within a week. Ah, good. Well, then maybe by the time they hear it, I'll be already be back from L.A. Hmm. That's uh, showing good faith in your colleague. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, also, I'm seeing uh, from the Middle West one of our resident prospect mavens, Brian Smith. Brian, how are you doing, sir? Pretty good, Carson. Glad we could get this together finally. Yeah, finally. I, I mean, this was a uh, this is we got, we got, cobbled this together very quickly in in true Fangraphs fashion. Well, the new Skype version is uh, testing everybody. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I am uh, in, in uh, interest of full admission to the listener. Uh, I am using a new edition of Skype, and I'm not very good at it. But uh, by way of segue, a man who's even worse at operating Skype than I am is uh, one of our Canadian correspondents. His name is Matt Clausen, uh, also a resident philosophator. How are you doing, Matt? I'm all right. In, in, in interest of uh, accuracy, this is the first time I've had trouble with Skype, Yeah, Carson. It was because it updated forever. Uh, uh, okay. But I do suck at it, so that is accurate. Yeah, that is accurate. Okay. Listen, let's get right into the meat of the thing. How about... Uh, we have Dave Cameron with us, as we often do. Uh, the good thing about having Dave Cameron with us, uh, besides his witty repartee is the fact that he is uh, an expert in the Mariners, and it just so happens that the Mariners right now are in possession of a hot trade commodity in Cliff Lee, a.k.a. best pitcher on the planet right now, perhaps. I mean, that's up for debate, but maybe not too much. Uh, The Mariners are going nowhere, it seems. Meanwhile, uh, there are a number of teams in contention in need of the best pitcher on the planet. Dave Cameron, to you. I ask a couple things. First of all, is Cliff Lee the best pitcher on the planet currently? Second of all, what the heck is going on in the uh, in the battle for Cliff Lee among contending teams? 
Yeah, I'm not sure if he's better than Roy Halladay, but I think he has pitched himself onto the same level, or at least to close enough to the point where you have to split hairs to try and figure out if Halladay's been better than Lee. And uh, the way Lee's pitching right now, there's not... Halliday, if he's better, he's not substantially better, and there's no one else in the class that those two are in right now. So, um, you know, Lee's just tremendous. <laughs> that he could take a, a 1.5 walk rate and then cut it by, uh, you know, 300% is pretty remarkable. Um, so, you know, Lee's pretty awesome, and so I think teams in baseball that are contenders are recognizing that he's awesome and uh, gearing up to try and get a guy who could really put them over the top and help them win a World Series. And so you see teams like Minnesota and Texas and, you know, Cincinnati and a lot of these teams that are uh, potentially fighting for their division titles or calling the Mariners trying to see what they can get. And the Mariners are rightfully asking for uh, quite a bit. And so it'll be interesting to see which team blinks and gives up a substantial part of their future because I think we're going to see uh, probably a pretty big deal made probably sooner than later. I don't think this is going to get dragged out too much further. Are other teams waiting on uh, the Mariners and, and Cliff Lee, et cetera, before the sort of um, you know summer trading season begins? Uh, I think it's at this point everyone knows that Lee is on the market and could be moved pretty much any day. So I think any team that is interested in Lee is uh, probably actively involved in negotiations and uh, has a. I think, I think if any team's sitting around waiting for July 31st, they're being foolish because there's a. I mean, Zarensic was the uh, assistant GM in Milwaukee two years ago when they traded for CC Sabathia, and they did that on July 7th, and I think that's kind of the blueprint that they're using, is we'll get you guys more starts out of this guy if you give us more to do this trade earlier, and so I don't think this is going to get dragged out till the end. So what's the most likely scenario from what you're seeing right now? Uh, I think probably the most likely scenario is a deal with Minnesota. They seem to be uh, in pursuit and willing to give up some young talent that the Mariners could use. Um, they have some spare pieces that might not fit into their long-term plans. Obviously, everyone talks about Wilson Ramos, but they also have uh, other pieces that the Mariners could uh, like, and they have enough money to take on the salary without making it too complicated financially. So uh, I think Texas could get involved. Cincinnati may get involved, although I don't see that. But um, you know the Mets are in there, although I don't know if Zarensic's a big fan of the prospects that they have. So um, I, I still think he ends up in Minnesota would be my guess. And and I've also heard uh, Aaron Hicks involved in those talks. Is that right? Yeah, I mean there was a report the other night from Jeff Fletcher of AOL saying that the Twins had offered Aaron Hicks and Wilson Ramos. Uh, for Cliff Lee, and that's been somewhat disputed by uh, Minneapolis writers. Um, so we don't know if that offer was definitely made, but Aaron Hicks's name has certainly come up. I think that the Mariners would be foolish to not at least broach the possibility of including him in a deal. And, uh, you know, Hicks is uh, definitely a premium prospect, but he's not so close to the majors that the Twins could just not stomach giving him up. I mean, he's a 20-year-old in low A ball, so he's got some development time. It might be... Uh, the Twins might be able to talk themselves into giving up a kid who's probably not going to get to the majors until 2013. Okay. Uh, Brian, uh, as one of our resident prospect mavens, uh, I'm going to uh, defer to you here in terms of talent that teams uh, might have to give up, um, you know, in some of the teams that Dave just mentioned here. Uh, you know, for those listeners who aren't as familiar with them or even those who are, what is your sort of uh, analysis, your, your kind of uh, two cents on Aaron Hicks and Wilson Ramos uh, coming out of Minnesota? Um, dealing with them specifically, I think Hicks is obviously a fantastic talent, but he's hasn't been particularly good in his second year at low A. He has all five tools, but he's very slow to put them together, and it's, you know, his, his stolen base numbers aren't very good, his strikeout numbers aren't very good, he hasn't really developed that power yet, so he's a risk. 
And I, I wrote this on Twitter today, but since I think one out of every 50 Fangraphs podcast listener follows me, it bears repeating. Um, Jack, Jack Zarensic tends to like guys that have a ton of power and that are very strong. And I just, I wonder if Aaron Hicks is that fit. I mean, he's a great prospect and obviously the, the Mariners would love to have him. But I, I wouldn't be surprised to see a guy like Joe Benson, who's an ex-football player who's having a really nice year, end up in the deal because I don't really see the Twins giving up on uh, Aaron Hicks quite yet. If you were to, to give like sort of major league comps for a guy like Hicks or Benson, I, I know that it might be speculative, but, but just to give us an idea of what we're dealing with here. I mean, Hicks is one of those guys that either either he comps out to some of the best center fielders in the game or, you know, I think I think I've heard Eric Davis before, but that's sort of one of those racially minded comps that mm-hmm. I don't really care for. Um, but he, he either ends up as one of the better center fielders in the game or as a guy that doesn't stick and is he as a fifth outfielder or nothing at all. There's really not a lot of in between with him. Okay, all right. And Wilson Ramos, what's he all about? Ramos is he's a nice he's a nice catcher. I'm not sure the discrepancy between him and Adam Moore is is very large. They're very similar players, and the fact that they're probably second division starters, or um, I mean, for a team contending for the World Series, they'd be batting seventh or eighth. So with the Mariners, I mean. As a as a final piece to the deal, because he's so ready and because Adam Moore struggled, I think it's an it would be a nice piece to have. But to expect a future star out of him would be uh, fooling yourself. And then a couple other teams that uh, Cameron mentioned here: Texas and Cincinnati. Do they have the goods to give up in terms of youth? Uh, something that would um, interest uh, Jack Z and the Seattle Mariners? I don't see Cincinnati being there. Um, I d- I've heard the Mariners don't have a lot of interest in Yonder Alonso and. And that's sort of the best piece the Reds would have to offer, unless they go deeper into the minors with some of their um, newer signed international talent. But that's unlikely. The Rangers, on the other hand, as everybody knows, um, they have a great farm system, and they have about 30 players I'm sure that the Mariners would love to have. But it remains to be seen, I guess, if they want to trade in division. Okay. Uh you know, Matt Clausen, uh, would you care to make any wild speculations about uh, about this trade, or are you going to defer to the uh, expertise you've seen here? Well, I wanted to talk about Hicks and Ramos, but I think it's been covered pretty well. I mean, I don't know. I was wanted to hear from both Brian and Dave, but we don't want to take it too much time on this. If they, uh, to me, it's I, to me. If I just reading, I think that that uh, Hicks and Ramos at least seems, depending on your opinion of, of those players, of course, but this seems like a fair uh, a fair deal for Lee. Uh, in fact, I mean, just re- looking around, I, I almost—I'm not sure that the Mariners should do a deal with uh, Minnesota unless Hicks is part of it. I mean, not—I mean, obviously he's a—he's a wild card, as Brian uh, already talked about. But he seems to be the the best. I mean, not—not not because he's the best prospect in the Twins system, but he's the only one who has that uh, who strikes people as having that kind of upside. And then Ramos uh, to round it out. That you know, that—that that, I think that's a. A, a, a fair deal. I mean, one could push it either way. Now, if you, if you don't like Hicks, obviously you're not going to want to do that. But it seems to me that Minnesota has to do that. As for Texas, all I would say, uh, 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 Dave tweeted about this when Texas did the bizarre Molina deal, that uh, you know uh, the Mariners might even have to, to pay for the salary, but at that point, the deal gets pretty ridiculous, I think, for... Uh, 
I mean, ridiculously, Seattle could ask for a tremendous amount back. I mean, I guess what, what's Leo? What's Leo over the rest of the year? Three million dollars? Four million? If they, I mean, they have to throw a substantial chunk of money in because Texas, because their financial situation can't take on payroll, then yeah, they've got a really deep farm system uh, and you know some very young major league talent even that they could, uh, I think, ask for back. Yeah, Cameron. Cameron, what do you? Uh, I mean, do you view Hicks and Ramos as, as you know, as, speaking as a Mariners fan, do you view them as uh, you know a competent or you know sufficient for uh, for Cliff Lee? Uh, yeah, so I think like Hicks and Ramos is the kind of deal that if I'm Jack Zrensic, I don't walk away from unless there's a better deal on the table. Like that's good enough for me to say yes. I've got a deal good enough to move Lee and feeling like I did a good job in getting a good deal for him, certainly more than what the Mariners gave the Phillies, uh, which should tell you something about the trade that Ruben Amaro made. So, um, But I would I would certainly want to call Texas and try and, if I could get Martin Perez and maybe a couple of extra players, Chris Davis and you know maybe another arm or uh, Jared Soltolamakia and, and a reliever or something, if I could dip into that Texas depth, maybe that guys were a little closer to the majors. Hicks is, you know, he's got some good talent, but he is in low A. Uh, Martin Perez has already made it to double A, so, you know, he's a potential guy who could step into the rotation maybe late next year or at least in 2012. Um, and, you know, he's a pretty fine young left-handed pitching prospect himself. So I think there's guys that would Texas that would maybe appeal to me a little bit more than, an, than a Hicks-Ramos package, but there's no guarantee Texas is going to want to give them up. But I would certainly try. I mean, I think, like, the ideal trade for the Mariners might be dealing with Texas and getting some of that young talent away from them so that not only is it helping the Mariners, but it's not going to help beat the Mariners the next six years. Okay. All right. Well, you know, we're talking about prospects here, uh, and we're also simultaneously creeping into All-Star Weekend. Uh, and I'm almost positive that I've posted the uh, the podcast before All-Star Weekend, so everyone's enjoying this before that. Sunday night is the Futures game, and uh, I think we'll get to some All-Star talk in a second, but I want to get to that Futures game. Brian Smith, again, you're the prospect maven. There's a Futures game. You're in charge of talking about that. What do we need to know? What do you have to say to us about the uh, Futures game there? Well, I guess I would start with the fact that, uh, well, Dave and I are going out there and we're on Sunday, and I just I just find it so weird looking at these rosters and how bad the world offense is that we're still stuck in this world versus U.S. format. I mean, it's in All-Star Weekend, so you would expect there to be some congruency to the All-Star game. But instead, instead of American National League rosters, we get this uh, very lopsided U.S. versus World game where I think the U.S. team could probably beat the Orioles and the World team couldn't beat most California League teams. What, um, uh, wait, so I, what's, the, what's the case there? I mean, uh, what, why isn't there more talent among the World's uh, batters? Is that, is, that, I mean, is that a thing that happens year to year or is that just uh, a new thing this year? Well, I think it's especially pronounced this year. I think one thing they always try to do is get as many countries involved as possible. So they are more worried about uh, about that than they are actual talent in the game. So instead of, well, using Dave's team as an example, Alex Liddy goes to the game because he's from Italy. But I'm sure Mariners fans would rather see Michael Pineda, who's uh, creeping up on their top prospect status. And he's a, he's a pitcher in AAA that's had a lot of success lately. It, so seems just, like, I, see, wait, I, it seems like what you're doing there is hating on one of my Pisanos. Is that what's going on? You think Alex Liddy doesn't have the, uh, the stuff to make it? I, I don't think he's one of the best 40 minor league players we have and, and thus shouldn't be a part of this game. If this game is about seeing the major league future, then what we should see is what 
league these players are going to be in, and let's see the best players available. It's it's a format that's stale, and when the when the U.S. team wins by ten runs this year, hopefully we'll throw it out the window. Will you uh, are you prepared to eat your hat if the uh, if the world team wins? No, if they if they did a best out of seven series, I would eat my hat. But you would eat your hat. What sort of hat are you actually currently wearing? A hat. I am. I have the uh, 2007 All Star Game hat. Look at that! When it was in San Francisco. You're ready to go. Okay. Well, how <laughs> about this? Uh, you know, you're going to know about these rosters more than uh, certainly more than me, probably more than most of our listeners at home. Um, who are some guys that you know? Just for you, looking over the rosters, who are some guys that should be of interest uh, to you, know, especially to someone of the uh, FanGraphs, uh, you know, listener slash readership. Um, well, I think I think some guys that have never played in the Futures game before and and are sort of bursting on the scene this year are especially of interest because it's the first time that most of us have gotten to see them. Um, I'm talking specifically about the Cubs short, Korean shortstop Hak Ju Lee, who's who's in low A and he's he's had an up and down season, but he's some scouts prefer him to Starlin Castro, so he'll be really exciting. He's a defensive. Uh, genius out there at shortstop and another guy on the world team is Julio Teheran who's the Braves top prospect he's from Colombia and he's likely to get it up there to 99 miles an hour in his inning of work and and he's been fantastic this year they really challenged him with his assignment and he's met every every uh every possible expectation on the other hand on the U.S. side there's a couple Kansas City players I know that'll interest Clawson that have had breakout years. Eric Hosmer and Mike Mustakis, both of them are guys I'm really excited to see in batting practice. They they both have a ton of power in batting practice and are still working on translating it to in-game power. But I think I think they're gonna excite a lot of fans when Kansas City sees potentially their future corner infield. Right, Clawson, you hear him? Uh, he's talking about your team. And, it, and it's not in a disparaging way. Does that uh, fill your heart uh, full of joy? Yeah, actually, it does. Because as Kansas City, as Kansas City fans know, uh, when you when whenever we've had uh, a first baseman and a third baseman in the futures game, uh, it inevitably leads to dominance. <laughs> I assume. Are you talking about uh, Mr.s Gordon and uh, and Butler there? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you guys are a dominant squad uh, right there. Undoubtedly, well, it's, it's, it bodes well. Yes. It would, Adding that to uh, Mike Mustakis' ability to, to tutor random grade school kids at Olive Garden, uh, this it's it's very exciting. There seems to be something vaguely racist about that. I don't know what it is, though. So. Uh, Cameron, you are going uh, to the Futures game as well. What are you excited about seeing there? Uh, yeah, I think usually the the probably the most exciting thing is the arms. I mean, the you know the hitters are gonna do what they do, but they're only you know most of them are gonna get two or three at bats, and you're not gonna be able to make a huge impact unless it's you know someone pulls a Alfonso Soriano and hits a ball 700 feet or something. But uh, usually it's it's really the arms, like Teheran and the guys that Brian mentioned. You know, seeing these guys come in, um, you can really light up the radar gun or break off a breaking ball, and uh, I think those are the times that you get, really can open some eyes and. Um, you know, I think the, so I'll probably be focusing more on the pitchers than the hitters because I think those are the guys that you're going to, uh, maybe walk away from and say, all right, we saw something today that could actually work in the major leagues. Were you, were you, uh, were you disappointed not to see Pineda on the roster there? 
A little bit. You know, I tried to go see them in uh, West Tennessee when they rolled out here to Carolina uh, maybe a month or so ago, and uh, a rain out pushed his start back, so I got stuck with Mauricio Robles instead. So uh, they keep trying to – I keep trying to see Pineda, and they keep not letting me have him. But, you know, talking with uh, Mike Curta, who's a friend of mine and the Tacoma Rainiers broadcaster, it sounds like he's not going to be in AAA much longer anyway. So anyone wants to see Pineda pitch might just have to hang out. He'll see. He'll be in Seattle in the not-too-distant future. Yeah, striking people out. That's exactly what it sounds like. All right, well, that's great well, stuff. I have, a, I, I have a question for Carson. Are okay. you upset that you're not going to get to fly out there and see your boy Chisenbutt? Oh, you're talking about Lonnie Chisenbutt? Uh, actually, yeah. uh, to the best of my knowledge, uh, Lonnie Chisenbutt, uh, sometimes known by his uh, civilian name, Lonnie Chisen Hall, uh, I don't think he's necessarily having a great season. Uh, we did actually get a chance to see him in, uh, in uh, Arizona um, this spring. But uh, as far as I can see at Akron right now, he's uh, he's got a, well... Triple slash at 275, 342, 424. Smith, is, is Butt is he worth anything? He's been on a tear lately. Um, he, he had an injury, came back from it, and he's been hitting ever since. He's obviously really talented, and I think your impression on him from spring training was spot on. You you with Hall and Zach McPhee, I, I think <laughs> a team might scoop you up as a scout pretty soon. I, so. I have an intuitive sense. That's what I credit well, it for. It's an intuitive if, sense. If it, it's going to happen. If McPhee makes the future, I mean, Chisholm, Chisholm butts in the futures game. If McPhee makes it, then I think we'll lose Carson forever. Yeah, and I will I will gladly bid adieu for the amount of cash that's going to be thrown my way. I'm pretty excited for that. Okay, uh, last last sort of uh, topic here. We've talked about the futures game. Uh, but, of course, you know we, we oughtn't ignore the uh, fact that, the, uh, that there's also an all-star game going on. And despite the fact that, uh, you know, and per Dave Cameron's uh, I'm sorry piece from uh, from Independence Day, uh, where he sort of, uh, he apologizes to a number of major leaguers for the fact that they were not assigned to the All-Star team. Apart from that, once the game actually starts, it's actually, you know, it's pretty good theater. It's kind of fun to see the guys, especially in their, um, the, the thing that I like in particular is the fact that they wear their jerseys and everything. Uh, you know, just to kind of get, just kind of see that sort of, uh, I don't know, that you know, the, the sort of rainbow of teams out there. To me, that's that's pleasant. Here's the thing, I'm interested in you guys, you know, as baseball fans uh, and nerds simultaneously, what your kind of dream scenarios would be. You know, probably the most frequent thing to happen would be a uh, pitcher batter matchup. That could be something that you're excited to see, or just sort of anything, uh, anything that you'd kind of like ideally to see in the uh, in the All Star game. Uh, Cameron, let's throw it to you first. What do you, uh, what would you like to see happen? Yeah, you know, I'd just like to see something uh, vaguely interesting that isn't just like your standard. I mean, the pitcher batter stuff can be interesting, uh, but you know, I think when we look back at the memorable moments of the All Star game. Uh, are the things that are totally unexpected, like, uh, you know, the John Cruck Randy Johnson fastball seven feet over his head or, uh, Tommy Lasorda falling down and, you know, everyone <laughs> worrying for his health. I mean, this seems like unexpected things you wouldn't necessarily expect. So I, I think it's hard to pinpoint one thing, but I would like to see, uh, maybe something where, you know, some guy robs someone of a home run and, uh, you know, like flips him the bird on the way back to the field or, you know, like a, a Russian leg sweep as a guy around second base or, you know, some kind of like humorous, lighthearted. I mean, the game doesn't count. We all know the game doesn't count. So really the thing that uh, redeems the game is those memorable moments where you can actually see people, the players being people and having fun and 
um, you know, laughing and <laughs> just bringing a little bit of levity to the game. And so uh, maybe I'd like to see, uh, you know, Joe Maurer throw someone out by 35 feet and then, like, machine gun him on his way back to the dugout or something. I think would... <laughs> Wait, are you expecting Joe Maurer to display some personality? Is that, is that, uh, one? <laughs> that, that would be uh, a memorable experience if he did. Yes, it would. Uh, Smith, do you have any uh, Do you have any particular interests in this uh, All-Star game? Well, as a Cubs fan, and after a piece I wrote last week giving up on the Cubs season, I'd love to see Marlon Bird traded about an hour before the game. And... <laughs> Maybe play for the American League. And, um, but as a as a prospect guy, I, I hope that Jason Hayward plays. I, I think it's doubtful at this point, but I would love to see maybe a David Price-Jason Hayward matchup. That would be a lot of fun. Yeah, just to see two guys. Now, Price has really put his uh, all his skills together this season, hasn't he? Yeah, Price is, Price is great. He he showed it a couple of years ago in, in September, and last year we didn't really know what was wrong, but he's a really hard worker, a really good kid, and I'm and I'm happy for him. Okay. And uh, Clawson, any sort of uh, scenarios for you? Ideal scenarios for you going on with the All Star game? To not be bored, <laughs> uh, which I guess is basically what Dave said. I wouldn't mind seeing uh, uh, Josh Johnson uh, go up against Vlad Guerrero because uh, I mean it's kind of a boring, just a matchup thing. But, but Johnson's really good at guys getting to swing out of the zone, and Vlad has been known to swing at a bad ball now and then. I'd like to see Vlad swing at once behind him or something. And so that, that, if we can't hope for a competitive game, or like a game that's just kind of, that, nah, that's not that's not accurate, of course. That's not what I meant. If we can't hope for a game whose competition really enthralls, I I think I would sort of like Dave. I would like things that are just kind of crazy to happen. I mean, nobody getting hurt is uh, number one incentive for you. Number one. Well, well, I mean, it wouldn't be fun if somebody got hurt. Then I feel guilty. Right. I mean, like, but uh, yeah. So so yeah. You know, somebody swinging at a terrible pitch or. Uh, Something like that, you know. I don't think there are too many. Obviously, I, it might be good if Omar Infante came up with a game on the line. Yeah, that would be. That, yeah, that, that would that, be fun. That would teach a lot of lessons. That, well, that would be fun. Uh, the, you know, the thing for me, and I'll, I'm, I'm more than willing to answer my own question here. Um, I've, I've kind of fallen in love, not not necessarily because I think they're good, but because I think they're curious. <laughs> um, I've fallen in love with the uh, current iteration of the Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, especially, uh, you know, I mean, the fact that John Buck and Jose Bautista both made it is is uh, interesting. Um, I guess uh, John Buck only made it because of injury replacement, but that you know, I'm not too concerned with that. Uh, I would love to see uh, John Buck or or uh, Jose Bautista just uh, hit hit an absolute smash uh, out of uh, whatever the you know. Angel Stadium is, you know, out into uh, the Orange County wilderness, if that even, uh, if such a thing exists. Um, that that team is has, uh, in per, uh, I had a sort of a nice conversation with Drew Fairservice, who, who's in charge of Ghost Runner on First. He's a he's a Canadian, actual Canadian, not a faux Canadian like you, Clausen. And um, he was sort of talking about the. Uh, the MO of the current iteration of the Toronto Blue Jays and how it's basically just swing as hard as you can for three pitches and see what happens. Um, to see to see Jose Bautista hit a you know 480 foot home run uh, would would I would derive some satisfaction of that. Okay, uh, lest we uh, overstay our welcome, let us bid adieu. Uh, unless anyone has any further comments to make, anyone anyone have any uh, uh, final statements? I'll take that silence as a no. Uh, so therefore, we will bid adieu to our uh, 
Honored guests, Dave Cameron, thank you very much for joining us from uh, your uh, your hamlet there in North Carolina. Yeah, no problem. Okay, very good. Thank you. Very polite of you. Uh, Brian Smith from the the urban uh, center that is Chicago, Illinois. Illinois. Carson, tell Vegas I said hi this weekend. I will do. I have not, I have not told anyone I'm going there. So let's keep it on the DL. Clausen, uh, joining us all the way from a faraway country uh, who, whose um, spectacles would only uh, astound us, I'm sure. Thank you very much. Thank you. And uh, Brian, Dave, you guys have a good time in the OC. Right. Um, on, on that note, uh, I will remind everyone that I am and will continue to be Carson Sestouli. And this has been another white-hot edition of Fangraphs Audio.